So where are you at right now? As you think about that question, of course you might answer the geographical location of where you are. But if you think a little bit more deeply to that question, where are you at spiritually? Where are you at with your relationship with God? There are so many things in life that cause us to be shaped and impacted and make decisions based on um, the events, the circumstances that we're in, uh, the people around us, um, everything as a part of our world that shapes our lives. And sometimes we might find ourselves being in a place of conflict, maybe with God, maybe some of uh, life's big questions that we don't have answers for are where we take out our frustration or anger or grief or sadness toward God. Maybe we find ourselves in a place of conflict about something that we can't change within our world, within our life situation. Maybe the conflict is within ourselves and we wrestle with something that within us we wish we could change, want to change, can't quite fully change on our own. There's so many different types of conflict and we see it right here for our gospel today too. You probably thought I was gonna ask what are the things that you lose most often in your life? We don't even have to like go into that answer for myself because I'm losing things all the time. It's really easy to lose things in life and things are just things. But sometimes those material objects also have um, deeper meaning, sentimental value. Um, they're, they're the things that maybe connect us to a person or um, that, that we don't want to let down by losing that item. And when you ever have found something that has been lost, you know what joy it brings you when you find that item, especially the greater it is, the more important it is, the more valuable it is. <laughs> Whether material, but for sure, the more valuable it is to your heart and your spirit. There's also times in life where we might be the ones that feel a little lost, or maybe we have no idea that we are lost. And yet we also hear today that ours is a God who comes searching for us. There is uh, some friends that I was following once in downtown Chicago, um, and we were going to the same place and they just said, follow us. We'll make sure that you're in the right lane to get where we need to go. And of course, what happens when there's all this kind of traffic around you and people are going at different speeds and inevitably, I end up passing them at some point and then going off on my own. I've never lived that one down that I wasn't able to just stay behind their car. But that happens a lot in life too, hey? 
we start out trying our best to follow Jesus, to follow what he keeps teaching us, what he keeps on showing us by the example of his life. And then inevitably what happens? We, we just step off to the side and we like make a detour or we try to go our own way or we think we've got it all figured out. And we step over this line and we start to go our own way. Instead of the way that Jesus makes possible for us, a way that's wide and, and clear, a way that's filled with so many blessings and opportunities, a way that's filled with welcome and grace and love. <laughs> and we couldn't just follow him. I was talking with someone recently who just retired as a psychologist that he had spent his whole career in. And his first words to me were, ah, you probably don't want to listen to me talk. To which I said, actually, I'm kind of fascinated by how it is that we can learn always more about who we are and how we do things, about how we've been shaped by our experiences, so that hopefully in better understanding ourselves and in better understanding this crazy complex world with all of its relationships that we live in, we might be able to follow a little more closely and be able to turn back when we need to and turn toward the one who gives us life, who comes searching for us when we have lost our way. When you think about how sometimes in life you do things that, you know, deep down are not the best way of approaching things. You know, deep down, those words shouldn't have come out of your mouth. You know, deep down, that's really not the way to gain a friend. That accusing and shouting over and judging are not ultimately what will create anything that gives life. And yet, you know, what happens is that something triggers within us and we get defensive and, and, and we fall into the patterns that we have learned our whole lives from the people who have learned them from their parents, from their parents, from the society around them. And all of a sudden, before we know it, we are following their same mistakes, their same steps instead of following the one who takes us down a very, very different path if we choose to follow. Isn't it interesting that sometimes, even when we do pay attention to all of those things that shape us, it is still so, so very hard for us not to get tripped up, for us not to want to go our own way in life. And then before we realize it, we've stepped over that line again. And maybe we've done something that's not so good for us or for others, or we've said something that's harmful and hurtful 
That's not productive. That's not life-giving. Maybe we've just shut down. Maybe we've given up. Maybe we've withdrawn. Maybe the circumstances that are often beyond our control causes us to just say, forget it. This is, this is not what I want to be a part of anymore. And so I'm just going to go my own way. I'm going to do my own thing because it's too much work. It's too much time and energy on my part to try and make this relationship work, to put in the time that it takes to go searching for something that once was and will probably never ever be again. But here's the thing, when we do that, the way it just gets narrower and darker and more lonely and doesn't really lead us to anything that gives life or that gathers us and invites us and helps us feel that we belong and appreciated and affirmed and valued and connected. So in confirmation, I remember our pastor used this example to describe what it means to repent. There was a big line on the floor in our fellowship hall that marked off um, the fellowship hall from the hallway that ran next to the kitchen. And he would cross over that line. And then as he looked down and as he saw that line, that black line staring up at him from that white tile floor, it was obvious he had gone too far. He had stepped over that line. He had gone his own way. And so to repent was to see it and to realize it and acknowledge it and turn again to God and to say sorry. Can I try one more time? Can you let me do it again? And in so doing, you cross back over that line, focused on God, focused on this path that God leads us down in life committed once again to staying close, to following behind Jesus and not in front of Jesus. But you know what happens. Probably five minutes later, something else comes up and we cross over that line again. Maybe not even realizing at that time. Well, that happens again and again and again and again and again over the course of our lives. Now, the thing that I remember him saying about that line of repentance was that it didn't matter how many times you crossed over it, you were always welcome to come back, to go back toward God and to try once again. And that's the thing about this gospel too. God doesn't impose harsh punishments on us for going our own way. But God is one who celebrates, who comes searching for us, who extends open arms toward us every time we call upon his name, every time we come close in prayer, every time we gather, whether online together or in person, every time we come together, not with all the answers, 
not having it all figured out, not knowing exactly and perfectly who God is, but simply as the humans that we are, humans that have been created and loved by this God, who gives us so many chances, who gathers us close and wants nothing more than for us to realize what God puts before us, life. In this parable, you immediately hear the conflict in which Jesus tells these stories. The conflict between this, the religious leadership, the people who have learned this way of life, who have learned the laws and the traditions handed down to them all the way from Moses and who take them so seriously and so sacredly that instead of letting them be this wide path for people to follow and to be led into God's guidance for this life, it becomes something that's used as more of a narrow path in. And so as they start to look around and determine you haven't, you haven't followed the commandments perfectly. You haven't upheld the Sabbath. Maybe also it's in part because it's a deflection away from themselves and what they might not want to see about themselves. That they too, even as religious leaders that they are, they don't have all of it figured out. They don't know all that there is to know. They too are human and vulnerable and imperfect. And they too step over that line. And so the tax collectors, the people who were looked down upon because they were actually working for the Roman government, ex extracting money from all of God's people, these citizens who were under the occupation and collecting it from them and hurt turning it over from the government. And some of them were out to line their own pockets, for sure. And the sinners, what does that word mean? It can mean a lot of different things. One answer is that someone who isn't able to live all of these commands that God gives to us. In John's gospel, it's someone who doesn't believe. Someone who purposely tries to not believe, not come to know God. In our lives, a sinner can mean so many things. And if we're honest and able to look deep within, it may describe you and me too. Someone who doesn't have it all figured out, isn't perfect, crosses that line all the time, not even intentionally, sometimes so, but it's not who God names us as. God knows us by name, calls us by name. God knows where we have been, everything that is a part of us. And God knows our futures too, and knows the great possibility and potential that we are capable of if we could just see for one second a glimmer of what God sees within us 
And if we can extend that to those around us too, that is a wide open path. A path that would only lead to great celebration and life. It's not an easy road to walk, that's for sure. It's gonna require a lot of us and a lot of trust in God who leads us through it all. Wherever you're at this day, I just pray that you would feel God gathering you close. So don't hesitate to lift up anything that is hard right now, the full depth of all of that, any questions or emotions, anything that you need help with, anything that you want to lift up on behalf of another. And I guarantee you that God will give you reason to celebrate. Amen.